Hi, I'm Johnny Byrne from johnnyburn.com and you are listening to the Social Media Talks podcast with Alan Hennessy from compassmedia.ie. Before we begin this episode, we'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors and also our supporters. The Social Media Talks podcast is sponsored by Content Cal, creating a solution to simplify and speed up how teams can plan, collaborate on, approve, publish and analyze social media content in a familiar and intuitive calendar interface. In just three years, they have been trusted by over 10,000 businesses and agencies in 110 countries to deliver social media content at scale and have recently won an award for the Content Management Tool of the Year. For more information on ContentCal, visit their website at contentcal.io. We would also like to remind you the Social Media Talks podcast is proudly supported by CharityRadio.ie, one of Ireland's leading online radio stations supporting charities across Ireland for free. And now, this week's episode. Welcome to Social Media Talks Podcasts, brought to you by compassmedia.ie. Hello and thank you for joining me. This is the Social Media Talks Podcast, brought to you by compassmedia.ie, episode number 83. I'm your host, Alan Hennessy, and this is the podcast to help business owners who want to learn more about social media marketing. And if you'd like to listen to any of our previous podcasts, you can log on to our website at compassmedia.ie forward slash podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group by logging on to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash social media talks. And we're looking forward to today's show. Today I'm going to be joined by Johnny Byrne. And Johnny has been training and coaching in online marketing for the last 11 years. And in 2013, he launched an online course so that he can work from anywhere and now Johnny shows other experts how they can do the same. He is also the author of a free guide entitled Say It Once, Sell It Often, which people can download from his website at johnnyburn.com. And today we're going to be talking to Johnny all about how to create an online course. So if that is something that interests you and you want to develop your skills in this area, this is definitely the podcast for you. Johnny will be sharing some tips and tricks and giving you some great advice as how to create an online course that you can sell. So without further ado, I think we will transition straight over to the interview with Johnny. Hi Johnny, how are you? Thanks for joining us today on the Social Media Talks podcast. It's a pleasure to have your company. How are you getting on? I'm getting on great, Alan. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. I've been following you for a good many years at this stage, so it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. And of course, today we are going to be talking all about how to create online courses, as this is where you are an expert in. And uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know there's going to be a huge amount of uh, value that our listeners are going to get from the podcast as well today. But before we start, I think uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, which is fairly unlikely, but uh, if you'd like to give us a little bit of a brief background about yourself before we get stuck into our chosen topic today. Great, Alan. Yeah, so I'm based in Carrick and Shannon in lovely Leitrim, and um, I've been training in social media and online marketing since 2008, so around 12 years now. More recently then, in the last four to five years, I have been creating online courses, and 
guess the way I got into that was just in terms of traveling around the country, delivering courses and workshops, which is great. And I love doing it, but there was no way to scale. And I was at a conference in London, all about digital product creation and online courses. And I just seen how all the guys and gals on stage were doing really well with digital products and online courses. Uh, So I said I'd research it and started launching online courses. And then after that, I got so excited about the whole process. I moved more into helping other people create online courses. And I actually more or less got out of social media and got into online course creation. And now I just create courses and I help other people to do the same thing. Brilliant stuff. And of course, you know, I think it's a it's a huge, huge part of um, digital marketing. And as, But as much as that, I think it's a great, great it's time at the moment for to be creating content like this because and creating courses like this because there's so it's so on demand now we live our lives i suppose on demand now so being able to um i suppose produce a fantastic course and i suppose share your expertise is you know it's invaluable and it also gives you another opportunity to uh, sell you know, your business and also sell what you do and show your expertise in it. The question that a lot of people will ask is, is where should we start when we decide that we're going to create an online course? I suppose the easiest place to start is to look at what you're already getting paid for as a specialist or an expert, whether that be social media or sales and marketing or business management, business coaching, right into, you know, musical instruments and yoga and diet and fitness. So, you know, if you're getting, if you're already getting paid for your expertise, then it's just a matter of sitting down and actually designing a simple course. Now, if you're a trainer, it's probably even easier because if you're out there giving courses in the classroom and in hotels and seminars and different things already, then it's just a matter of sitting down and actually mapping out what I would be suggesting, you know, a 90 minute course. And just to cover, you know, what you're already sharing in the classroom or sharing your expertise. And then just to map it out, I suggest that maybe a 90-minute course would be um, 33-minute videos. So three-minute videos on average, and 30 of those will give you a good 90-minute course. And you can simply create a suite of slides and talk over them with a good microphone, or you can get a cheap and cheerful webcam for maybe 50 or 60 euro and actually combine some what we call talking head video with your slides. And really, you're just delivering it, you know, into into the computer, really. You're recording it as if you were delivering it to the classroom, and then you make it available online through what we call a learning management system, or LMS for short. And there's over 500 of those on the market. But there's a few main ones like Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi. There's a bunch of them that you can start with for free. You simply upload your content, the same as you'd put a video up on Facebook. You put a price on it, and then you start to tell the world that it exists. And um, it's it pretty much is as simple as that. And the feedback I'm getting from people that I coach on this subject or people that's on my current program or even people who have read my free guide 
they're actually pleasantly surprised with how easy it actually is. And it's while I say to people, it's not easy, it's a lot easier than you think it might be. Mm, mm. And I, I would totally agree. I think the whole idea of breaking it down as well, because I know like a lot of people will say when they start to do an online course and they sort of say to themselves, oh, well, I have so much to do and how am I going to get fine time to, you know, create all these slides? Because like that, if you're a trainer or a teacher or whatever it may be, you, you sort of, you have your slides set out and you say, right, okay, I'm working for four hours or whatever. But a lot of people, I think, get the idea when they start an online course. And I've seen it before where the online course goes on for ages and it goes on for an hour or two hours or three hours or whatever it is and there's just so much content so people are not understanding it I I ordered the course uh, on InDesign there a couple of weeks back and I got it through Umity and uh, basically as you said like your man broke it down into three minute slots and stuff like that and it just it was such an easy way for me to learn it and just say okay that's the section that I need to learn that I knew some of it but I didn't know it all so it's a it's a great way of actually I suppose breaking down that content and that and in turn I suppose as the person who's delivering the course is able to take time and say right okay well look this is the amount of sections that I need to do and then start to build out on that from there so yeah I, I would totally agree yeah one model would be what I call the the 555 model where you have five sections in your course each section has five lessons each lesson has five slides and each slide sorry the fifth slide is a real life example mm. and really what you're looking to do is what we call initially particularly for your first course is create the minimal viable course which comes from software development where you have a minimal viable product and what a minimal viable course is is very simply trying to put in just enough content to start with that gets the desired result and then you can get feedback from your students and you can add additional content so one of the things that i suggest is you do a, a pilot launch of your course so you have this minimal viable content mm. and you tell your students that you recruit that it's a it's a soft launch it's a it's a pilot version of the course so it will have the content but you encourage feedback to help improve that content a lot of course creators you know they're they're 20 years experience or they've 10 years experience or they're quite knowledgeable in a particular area and they make the mistake of locking themselves in a room or a studio and spending a week or two recording what they believe is the ultimate course and then they release it to the market only to find that it's still missing content or it's it's people can't understand it or they can't follow it so you're better create the minimal viable course mm. and work with students to improve it. And then when you go public as opposed to pilot, you have a far better course because it's it's created with your students. It's using terminology that they're uh, used to hearing or that they want to use and you're not caught up in jargon or you're not using technical terms. So there's it's a great way to create a better course and you can also charge in advance. I've launched pilot courses where I've got paid in advance. I've told people the course is starting in two to three weeks and you can join for a pilot price of 95 or 195 euro. If you can recruit 20 people at 195, you have nearly four grand in sales mm. and you have 20 people on board to help you build the course. Now you start to record it, you share the content and you constantly and regularly encourage feedback because the big mistake, you know, as I say, with, with launching and thinking it's the best course ever is 
you're going to fall into the trap of what we call the curse for knowledge. So if you've got all this experience, you've probably forgotten what it's like not to know certain things. Mm. And the example I use, if I was giving you directions to my office and you were coming down from Dublin and I forgot one turn that I think everybody sure everybody knows to go straight on at that particular Mm. crossroads, except Alan, who's never been on that crossroads before, he comes to the crosswords. Johnny didn't tell him go left or right or straight on. And you make a guess or whatever and you get lost. So that's what we call the curse of knowledge where you presume everybody knows certain things. You leave it out of your course and people get lost. So that's why the, the pilot launch is, is a great strategy. I think that's a, it's, it's fantastic advice because um, like, like that, you know, I've seen it before where people have said, oh, I'm doing the pilot course or I'm, I'm doing this course. And, you know, if you want to get in early, you can be one of the, you know, I suppose the critics of it, I suppose, in the sense yeah, that the founding um, members. Yeah, yeah. And they go, oh, yeah, great. And they sell the course off and you know and before some there would be times when I would look at it and I'd say oh that's just another way of you know selling the course it's another whereas in actual fact it's only when you explain it there it makes it makes just so so much sense to be able to go and say right okay let's just pilot this let's just see if it works, if it is, because I've done I've done an online course before and I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. Someone came back to me and says, oh, it's it's very in-depth. And I went, OK, so like that, I think learning from your mistakes and sort of saying to yourself, OK, right, well, don't go out and do the whole thing and think that you're, you know, you're going to teach everyone in the world and this is going to be the best thing that ever that ever happened. When in actual fact, as you say, is is people learn differently. And I learned that through when I'm training, even with people now, that mm-hmm. people learn at different levels. And I think you've got to understand that fundamentally. I think that's where it starts out is, is you have to learn that people are on different levels. And the other side of that is, is with an online course, you're not seeing that person unless it's an actual live course. Mm. But you've got to also then sort of simplify it and say, you know, is this too simple to do? Because I've often been out with clients and I'll say, oh, well, use a Bitly link. And I go, what's Bitly? And you go, because I'm using this every day of the week, I yeah. I use it as you it's like it's like that the term. curse of knowledge yeah yeah exactly so yeah. you've got to sort of say okay well this is a x, x y and z or whatever it is so I do think it's vitally important that uh, you do I suppose uh, do that pilot and I think it's it's a fantastic opportunity as well to uh, to I suppose test the waters as much as anything yeah. else yeah and another popular strategy with the pilot is what we call do things that don't scale. I mean, the whole idea of having an online course is to scale, but the the pilot process is the opposite of that. In other words, you might call people up and tell them about the pilot program or you might go and meet them, but also you'd probably give them additional help. You go beyond the the call of duty during the pilot process to make sure that you're getting the feedback and to make sure that they get the desired result so that when it goes public, it's a better course. You've got all the feedback, but also if you can make sure that people get the desired result from the course. And that might be providing additional, not necessarily one-to-one, but maybe a group Zoom once a week during the pilot phase. Mm. Then they'll get success and you'll get testimonials. And they're hugely beneficial when you go public with the course and for your marketing because they're not necessarily or probably won't or shouldn't say in the testimonial that it was pilot or anything like that. They'll just say, ideally, Mm. you know, it was a great course and they got the results that they expected. So... You know, there's a number of great reasons um, for for using that that pilot approach. You have income, 
got feedback, you'll end up with a better course and you'll end up with testimonials. Yeah, and I think that's very important because, you know, it, as you, it's like anything, and you're creating a course, you're taking time out of your day, so you need to be sort of looking at it and saying, okay, right, you know, from a, from a from a trainer's point of view or for a person who's given the course, they need to be sort of saying, okay, well, if I'm spending all this time when I actually could be making money elsewhere, I, mm. there needs to be some sort of return on that because at the end of the day, we have to live and we have to, you know, obviously understand that this is what we're doing. And, you know, we can't just sort of have this whimsical notion of us saying, oh, well, I'm going to do this course and I'm going to make thousands off it so I can sit back and relax when, in actual fact, yeah. that actually never happens. So, you know, I think, and, and a lot of people don't realise and they sort of say, oh, well, once I do this course, I'll be, I'll be made up and it'll sell. And, you know, there's all the other work after creating the course as well. And I do like that part of where you say a weekly Zoom call with the pilot, uh, with the pilot attendees or the pilot mm. students or whatever it may be. I've also seen where a lot of a lot of courses will have, they'll they'll go when they do the pilot and that's all good and they find out the right structure of what they need to do. Is is when it does go public that they do the course, but after about three months' time, they do an update on, on a particular part of it if there is a need for it or they have worksheets and stuff like that associated mm. with it. So I think that we, that can be a, that can be vitally important as well. Yeah, I mean, you can build on it once you've started. The big, the big challenge for online course creators or people that aspire to do it is that they, they try to create it in their head and they wait until it's perfect. Even if they document the entire syllabus, they're constantly adding to it. Um, and yet they've recorded none of it. So as I say, it's back to the minimal viable course if i'm creating a course on um how to run a facebook ad campaign then what's the bare minimum that people need to know in order to create at least one ad and it might be just a conversion ad or it might be a website traffic ad and that's your course and you you make sure that people know that it's an introductory level um it's Facebook ads for beginners or whatever you want to call it. You're managing expectations from the outset and you just show them the five or six or seven steps it takes from, you know, know nothing about ads to creating their first ad. And then you can build on that course. You can add things like, you know, you should have the tracking pixel or you, um, you should have a lead magnet or maybe you should create a video ad. All those things can be added. But people are trying to create the ultimate course on paper thinking that it's only a matter of recording it. But, you know, the recording part is, you know, depending on where you're coming from, but it can be a relatively steep learning curve. And, and a, a big part of that learning curve is actually getting out of your own way and not being so self-conscious and not being worried about what you look like or what you sound like. Um, and you do need to do a little bit of practice in terms of getting the speed of your voice, you know, when you're narrating across slides, you're not too fast, you're not too slow, and also being confident on camera. So I, I can't stress enough how it's important to do the minimal viable course curriculum and course enough to get people as fast and as safely, as we say, to the desired destination. And then with their feedback and uh, your own kind of expertise, you'll go, oh, now it's time to add this and now it's time to add that. And eventually you'll flesh it out to being an even better course. And because people got a discount and because it's a soft launch or, or pilot or beta, whatever you want to call it, you know, you just let them know that you'll be grateful for their patience and that 
while the, the, and there will be more content added, and that's what that's what they they, they got on board for. And mm. um, when they got in at the, as I say, on the on the ground floor on the on the pilot on the pilot program, you know. Yeah, and I think that's that's very true, and and I think people once they understand that you are doing a pilot program, that there may be sort of parts of it that are not a hundred percent, that they will they will they will take it. It's like you know we've often I've often taught when I be doing when I be teaching people or whatever, and, and they'll be talking about live video and I would always say make sure that your audio is good because people will they will put up with you know a bad graphic type of thing once they can hear your voice and they understand I think that's the key important as well and a lot of people that I would speak to would say oh I can't go in front of camera I'm terrified of it and and I couldn't go live in case I make a mistake and I always say to them well do it in private first you know change Mm. change your settings to private so it's only you that sees it and once you start getting comfortable with it then and start getting your flow and start understanding what it is that you're about to do, then you can switch it over and go live. So I suppose in a similar situation with an online course is is maybe do a few trial runs of what you want and mm. then look at it and say, OK, right, well, that was a bit too fast. People won't pick up on that or whatever. And I've done it before. I've seen courses where I've gone and I've gone, oh, my God, this guy is going at 100 miles an hour and I can't take it in. And I have to keep going back. And eventually I'll just go, you know what, I, I'll go and find someone else that is doing this at a slower pace that's at my pace. And, and that's what it, that's what happens. So, yeah. you know, I think that's it's it's very, very important. I suppose then the next stage then is so you've done your pilot and you've got your comments back and you've refined your content and you've refined the syllabus uh, on the the different aspects of the online course. Where should we go then? With regard, well, I suppose, hold on, before we go there, I think maybe we talk about, say, maybe the equipment that you may need. Sure, yeah. I think that, yeah, that might so, be a key point. Well, the, 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 the pilot is part four of a nine part process mm. um, so number one is preparation where you prepare yourself that you're going to do this mm. and I, I go through a couple of exercises with people one would be you know what's your current income what's your desired income and then how are you going to bridge that gap are you going to charge more are you going to work longer hours and none of those might be an option mm. that's where an online course comes in so the second phase then or the second P in the system is plan where you plan a time in the week I mean if you can put three hours a week into it consistently you'll form the habit and the habit will do everything else and when, when 10 weeks you'll have your 90 minute course mm. part three then is pick where you pick a course and what I suggest to people is you pick a topic that you know the best that you're best known for that there's enough of people with a pain point that are willing to pay for that expertise the pilot which is part four which we just mentioned five is pricing and i just say to people look start at 195 euro and justify why it's worth that cost Mm. so many people get caught up and should i charge 50 500 i'll charge cheap and i'll get more people and all this kind of stuff and too cheap is you're going to get the wrong people they don't invest enough money they're not going to invest the time Mm. and then we're into after pricing, we're into what you're talking about is equipment, which is P number six, which is produce. And I just suggest to people, you can get OBS, which is free. You can capture your screen, which is your PowerPoint slides with OBS and get a good external microphone. I would suggest the ATR 2100, which is 99 euro. And a lot of podcasters and course creators use it. And it's, you know, it's got a USB and XLR output. You can even plug your headphones into it. It's available on Amazon. Really, really powerful microphone for the money. 
Um, mm. You probably never need to change um, with that microphone. And get a webcam then if you're going to be on screen. I know lots of people create courses with their phone, but I just find it cumbersome getting the videos off the phone and, and various other things. But it's possible for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I use the Logitech C920, which is about 60 euro. I also have the C930E, which is about 70 euro. Uh, full HD, um, put them on a tripod. And um, between that and your microphone and OBS, which is free, you can really you know, fly through recording your content. In terms of editing, with a bit of practice, the editing should be minimal. It's typically the beginning and the end where there's the freeze frame or the mm-hmm. um you're you're hitting record or or, or you're fix you hit record and then you're you're Fixed. fixing your hair or something <laughs> and whatever it might be. So I mean, the industry standard would be Camtasia, but there's cheaper ones than that. But if, if you're going to be serious about um, course creation, and I think you should be, I would suggest that you don't skimp on a couple of things. And I, I really believe if you can get Camtasia 200 plus VAT and get familiar with it, it's great for screen capture type tutorials. Mm. But for editing and all the things that come with it, it really is the, it is to course creation, what I believe Photoshop is to graphic design. Mm, definitely. Um, I totally agree. Now there's cheap and cheerful things like Canva instead of Photoshop and stuff like that. So you can, you look, you can look at Movavi for editing and Filmora and a few others and they're totally fine. Absolutely. But down the road, it's, it's worth considering Camtasia, but any piece of video editing software, I know the Mac comes with iMovie. Once you can top and tail it, now if you cough in the middle or you make a mistake or whatever, then you will need to edit in the middle. So you will need reasonable software. Again, Movavi is about 60 euro, Filmora is about the same, but I would strongly suggest um, Camtasia down the line. Mm. I think with Camtasia, the, you know, the thing I like about it, I use it myself, and I like is is that if you do, as you say, like if you do cough or you do make a blunder in the middle, you know, there's a lot of the software out there where it'll just chop it and you'll know that there's a cut in it. You know, when you see it, and whereas there is a ripple effect, a ripple delete in the Camtasia where it also sort of, it sort of smooths it over and it doesn't look as bad. So, mm. you know, even that type of uh, having them type of options there, I think is great. And like that, as you say, it's about learning how to use Camtasia. And look, there's hundreds of online videos there on YouTube, how to use it. In different yeah, sections. And, and the more than people, they say the average person only uses 4% of what Excel can do. It's the same with Camtasia, like a very small percentage of the features. Uh, and you might be wondering, well, why buy it if you don't use them all? Mm. I mean, you can use a lot of them and the advanced features over time, like batch production and different things. But it's only a few uh, simple features that come with Camtasia that will make a huge difference mm. to how your video looks. And if you expect people to pay 195 to 995 euro for your course. And not only that, then if you expect them to watch it right through, you know, it needs to look, you know, I mean, I know done is better than perfect, but there's a certain level of professionalism required because if they're watching it, they'll be somewhat forgiving. But after a while, they'll start to go, you know what? I just don't trust this person or I just don't Mm. believe they're an expert purely based on some of the cosmetics. So it's important as you 
you know, get comfortable with course creation, it's important to be mindful that you need to, it, it, the bar has been raised in terms of yeah, how it I looks. Think, I think you need to step, it needs to be stepped up type of thing. It's like, yeah, over time. Yeah, yeah. like I've said it, when I do, when we talk about uh, podcasts and I've talked about a lot of people about podcasts and, and I've taught how to, you know, taught people how to do podcasting and there's a huge amount of elements where people say oh yeah that's great and and you'll hear them and they'll have some dodgy microphone that's that has a huge echo that you just can't hear and like I know from personal experience and I know from speaking to others in the industry that when they talk about podcasting, the first thing they want to do is is they want to be able to enjoy the experience of listening Mm -hmm. to the person talking like the way we are using particular microphones the professional microphones okay Starting out, I always say, like that, I would totally agree with you, the ATR2100, it's a perfect microphone for anyone to start out with. Mm. And if you are getting serious about whatever it may be, whether that be podcasting or whether that be an online course, then you can start to, you know, up to upgrade and upgrade to the next levels and whatever. And that's, I think, is the key is, is starting out, but having a sort of a, a minimum bar where you would want to begin with you know yeah for sure and the other key piece if you're going to be on camera which it's expected now um i i I think it's fair to say that people will expect to see you on camera and the more they see you the more familiar they'll become with you the more the more that they feel that they know you now just because they know you doesn't mean they'll trust you but it's definitely more likely to happen particularly as they're going through the course and you do want to within reason replicate the classroom and by that i mean that they see you as much as possible now it's totally fine to maybe introduce the course on camera or introduce a section on camera and then go to slides or even introduce a lesson on camera and then go to slides but in time ideally you would want to consider being on camera together with the slides perhaps but a key part of that is lighting and you can get a ring light they're very very popular you see a lot of people use them now i use one here it comes with built on mount for your web camera or your phone holder they're about 80 euro you know the camera sits inside it and it really lights up and your 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 face and it makes it so much more professional. And what it also does is when you look at it versus, you know, bad lighting or fluorescent bulbs that are flickering or whatever it might be, when you do look that little bit better with a good light, it actually gives you a bit of confidence, the same as putting on a new suit or a new dress or whatever it might be, getting the hair done. Um, although that day for me is is passing. but um, and, and me too it, as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it gives you that little bit of confidence. And that confidence then will in turn make your videos better, which will in turn make you more confident, which in turn will improve your videos. Yeah. So I strongly suggest the ring light. It comes with a tripod. It's LED and about 80 euro on Amazon. And then if you're going to use one of those, I would suggest when you're starting off as well, just to put another light behind you to blow off the shadow because it just looks so much better than, you know, one one with a lot of shadow, etc. Yeah. So, and you can pick one of those up again for, I have ones here for LEDs for 20 euro and uh, six euro for a tripod mm. and those two lights against a neutral colored wall be it gray or white or you know in time you might look at green screen which i've started to use it'll just transform your videos for around 100 euro um in terms of lights and it just ticks so many boxes you look better you'll feel 
better. Your student will will just appreciate that this is actually a professional mm. instructor with a professional course. So I would strongly recommend those. And you know, you're 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 well on your way then to having your your little mini studio set up, a camera for sixty, a mic for a hundred. That's a hundred and sixty, and two more lights. You're up at two sixty. OBS is free. Maybe Camtasia in time or something cheaper in the short term. So. It really, really is, from an equipment point of view, not that expensive, considering that if you create a course for, let's say, 195 so we'll round it up to €200, euro, if you sell 10 copies of that over a month or two months, which you should, you know, suddenly those couple of hundred euros of investment has generated to 2000 mm. euro and you had no room higher or classroom higher or travel etc cetera, etc cetera. and ideally you'll sell hundreds of copies in time you know so it's like it's like the music business you know you spend a bit of time in the studio and then you tour with the album and you know you you, you sell tons and tons of copies of it well, that's know, it so. and the good thing about it is is you know and i always i always think of the you know the the saying that warren buffett always said you know you're 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 only making money when you're when you're when you're asleep and this gives you that opportunity in a sense to be able to do that because at the end of the day if you put out a good online course and as you say if it looks professional and it looks it looks fairly decent the other side of that and just the point of what you were talking about there earlier on is is that the lighting you know there's often where you would be sitting there and you'd see a light flickering and your eyes are drawn to that so mm. if you're watching the course and your eyes are drawn to that, you're not listening to the content. So it's a distraction as much as anything else. So as you say, if you have a good set of lights, it, it makes such a difference, a huge yeah. difference than whatever. And it shows, I think, that professionalism that you have then, that you've actually said, right, I'm going out and this, if I buy the course and say, well, look, this guy knows his stuff, but he's also invested in it because you will see it because... I think people are now in that in that frame of mind where that's what they expect and that's what they want delivered to them if they go and yeah. they buy a course. You know, and I think that's very very important because as much as your content might be super and it might be the best content or the best and the, the most experience that you've had that you can share with people there's also all these other pieces. Like I see it even here with the podcast. Like if we go back and if you listen to the very first podcast I done, it's sort of like, oh God, it's not great. But in time, it's gotten better. And people have often said to me, oh, well, why, do you, why don't you just take it down? And I say, no, because I need people to see that progression of where it's come from and mm -hmm. where it's gone and where it's gone to. So I think that's very important as well. But starting out, I think it's, getting it right first time and getting it on getting it on and, and giving yourself the opportunities and it is a learning curve you are going to learn from it I think that's where the pilot comes in and I think then as you say it's the, the equipment is there and then you market it out and you know there's so many different opportunities for you to market your course whether that mm. be online or you know whether that be on social media through your website landing pages and stuff like that would you have any uh, suggestions for that yeah, so the next P then would be publishing, um, mm. which is exactly that. So there's a number of learning management systems out there. A lot of people are drawn to some WordPress plugins. And with respect to them all, I would suggest that you don't do that. But again, that's just my opinion. So I use teachable.com. You can start for free and enroll 10 students. And then the paid plan is $39 per month. You have Kajabi, which is uh, quite popular as well. 
but it's $99 a month. So again, when you're starting out, you know, you don't want to skimp, but you just want to use, you know, what's affordable and still usable that works. So I like Teachable. Thinkific is around the same price. You have Zenler as well, which is quite popular. But Teachable and Thinkific and Kajabi seem to be the main ones. Kajabi is just that little bit more uh expensive. And then you upload your videos and you might have some additional PDF resources. But the likes of, let's say, Teachable, for example, they will handle the payments, the landing pages. You know, you can see what students are doing the course. Obviously, you can see how much, what percentage of the course they've done. They can ask questions in the comment section under each video. You can email them directly based on where they're at in the course within the the learning management system of Teachable. You can provide a one-time payment for your students. You can provide a payment plan. So if you've got a thousand euro course, you can offer them a once-off price plan, or you can say you can pay it over three payments. It also handles membership and subscription. So you can run a whole membership program through the likes of Teachable and these other ones as well. So some people have a 12-month membership program, let's say the ultimate podcaster's course Mm. um, that you might run, Alan, and it's 50 euros a month for 12 months, or you get a discount if you pay for the year in advance. So it handles all of that. And that's the publishing part that makes it available for the world to buy. Of course, then you have to tell the world that it exists. And that's where you get into the eighth P of my 9P system, which is promotion. Brilliant stuff. And like like that, you know, just listening to you there talking about Teachable, I think it's a, it's a huge opportunity for people. You know, it does it does everything for you, basically. And instead of you having like, and I've often, that's often what's put me off. A lot of doing online courses is, is, oh, I have to go, I have to create a landing page. I have to create it, pull it onto the website. I have to, whereas if you say, you know, there you go. Go teach. Go to Teachable or go to you know Punjabi or um, Thinkific or whatever it may be. That it does that before you. And like I, I know on the course that we I ran a couple of months back, I put it up on Thinkific and I found it yeah very good. But yet there was a lot of work that I had to do and sort of figure out where so it wasn't as straightforward. So I'll definitely be taking a look at a Teachable. Mm. And I think that's yeah. it's a, it's an ideal opportunity that you have it somewhere that everything sits there and you can you know I suppose at the end of the day if you're putting something on your website you can put a landing page on your website and then send them to that particular the course on uh, yeah and you can make your teachable school your teachable mm. academy whatever you want to call it you can brand it and make it look very much like your website so Mm. people are just clicking from the website to teachable but again with paid version you might have learn.compassmedia or learn.allenhennessy.com or academy. or school. so the url with the paid version you can have a subdomain and um, people don't really mind that they're gone from your website anyway because they've now bought the course so you know that's a that's a key part of it all and then um, you know what what you, you need to start to do then as part of the promotion then is to use the content from the course and put that out on social media. Not so much that they don't need to do the course, but enough that they believe that the course is worth doing. So you could share in the region of 
30 to 40% of your course drip feed it out in various places for free. You could just upload the video to Facebook. Now you might want to top and tail it and say, this is a video from our upcoming program or from our current program, which walks you through how to add the tracking pixel to your website or mm. how to set up a three lighting, a three point lighting system for your, for making a course videos. And it's just content you've created anyway. So the, the great thing about online course creation is that the course material is gold for your social media yeah, content. Totally. So you've, you've now got so much content for social media by default. It's just a case of popping a video up on Facebook directly from the course and just telling people this is part four of a nine part system I have in terms of course creation. And you might direct them to a webinar or you might direct them to a free guide. Um, you may not necessarily direct them to buy the course, particularly yeah. if you're, if you're um, warming them to the idea of who you are and can they trust you and is the course worth doing. So you can definitely use lots of the content on YouTube. You can, you know, if you're scripting your videos for your course, which I suggest you do because you can simply cut and paste that script yeah. onto your blog, onto Facebook. You can take quotes from your own material. So one quote that I have for trainers and for speakers is don't let the size of a room determine the size of your income. Now, you can make a nice graphic out of that in Canva as a quote that you came up with during your course and put it out on Instagram and on the other social media profiles. So there's a massive opportunity, even while you're creating the course, to release some of the course material onto social media. Just make sure that you're directing them to a place where that you get their name and email. Yeah, yeah. So I do, I do say as part of the eighth P uh, is to write a free guide, but you can do that earlier in the process. You, you might start with a free guide where you actually just, I use a great app called Temi, which is really accurate for typing up what you say into the app. So it's a dictation app and it's 10 cents a minute and you can say a lot in a minute. Mm. And I just find I'm more creative and I can flow a lot easier when I'm talking rather than typing because my, I can't type as fast as my brain. Yeah. Composes. Yeah. It's yeah, coming yeah. up with the I know, I know, I'm similar myself. <laughs> so I plug in the headphones and I walk around the training room next door or walk around the office and I just say, you know, if I was to, you know, create a, a course or if I was to create a Facebook course or a podcasting course or whatever it might be, what would I put in it? And I just start to, as the Americans would say, do a brain dump into the app mm. and then proofread it. And you start to um, come up with a guide. You can get a nice cover designed, some free apps to do it or free websites to do it. And the guide that I have, the free guide called Say It Once, Sell It Often, it's been hugely successful for me as a league magnet where people may not want to invest an hour and a half of a webinar, but they'll flick through this PDF. Now it's 30 pages, so I think I might put a price on it and do a free version of 10 pages, but mm. anyway. And they, they just fly through this PDF and they get a real sense of a simple approach to creating courses. You get their name and email, and then you can encourage them to either go to the webinar or indeed sign up for the pilot program. So that would be one of the or a few of the ways to do the promotion. Of course, a Facebook Live, hugely popular as well, where you just take what you've covered in a video and you just deliver it live. Mm. Um, and again, you just say, this is part of uh, a nine-step 
system that I have or whatever you're, you want to say and, and think, you can get a, yeah. a copy of it on my website. And I think that's so important as well because, you know, like as you say, you know, if you're creating all this on, fantastic online content that you're going to use in your videos, you know, use snippets. I do it. I do it always every week when like when we put this podcast out and it goes mm. out, I will take a snippet of this podcast and I'll put it out on social media and say, you know, listen to, here's a preview of me and Johnny speaking about, you know, online courses, whatever it may be and I'll put that out and then I'll put out graphics and I'll put out a you know might put out a pull quote from the actual podcast and stuff so you're using the content and I, like as I've always said even when we're teaching I would always say to people you know for every piece of content there's six other pieces in that because don't just use it once use it and remarket it and you know reevaluate and look at where else and what else you can you do with this content so mm. you know i think everything that you're saying there is so so valuable for yeah. people who are going to do this you know yeah, like and temi is really really um powerful at at 10 cents a minute like you can i think you can speak what is it you know 10 times faster mm. than you can type so yeah um, and even if you don't script your videos but you've created a great course because you can just deliver into the camera unscripted you can still upload those videos to temi and the app will type it up and mm. then cut and paste it into your blog or cut and paste it into the guide or cut and paste it into a linkedin or facebook post yeah or take quotes from it from twitter and instagram and you know so that's that's the real beauty of course creation is you're creating so much great content for social and you have a lot of people out there doing great facebook lives and great blog posts that in itself is content for a course so you could come mm. from the other way it's like some authors have turned their book into a course but some course creators have turned their course into a book yeah, yeah. and it's become a bestseller and mm. um, because Different people like different formats. Some prefer to read it in a book. Some prefer to watch it in a video. But it's very easy once you create it in one format to, to turn it, it into to, yeah. turn it into another. And I found that actually, um, I don't know. We had Mark Schaefer on the program, uh, the podcast, a couple of months back, and. He wrote the book uh, Marketing Rebellion, but he then released another book there just, I suppose, there about three, two months before Christmas of one called Less Lessons. And basically it was uh, blog posts, his most popular blog posts, mm. and he created it into a book, but he also created it into an audio book as well. And, you know, it was great because instead of us going back and sort of looking at all his blog posts, we were able to literally get, I think it was 10 or 12 blog posts. The digest, and yeah. And he just he banged it out and it was a great, it was a great success. Mm. And I'm, I've been talking to him since and he has even said that he says it's been brilliant because people just wanted that short form that was able to bunch it in together and pick the best ones, the ones that were most popular. And it works. So like that, Another great opportunity. I could uh, sit here and talk to you all day about this. It's it's fascinating and it really is. And, you know, there's so much great um, content and there's so much great advice that you've given here today on the podcast. Thank you. It is, uh, it's been brilliant. But uh, before we let you go, uh, I always ask my guests one particular question at the end of the podcast and it's not related to the subject and mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's more about the, the person themselves. So the question I would ask you, Johnny, is, is if you had the chance to uh, ask someone to dinner, whether it be past or present, who would it be and why? Yeah, so the, the person um, that comes to mind is present, thankfully. Um, their name is Saguru. He has come up with um, a yoga practice that I do called Inner Engineering. 
It happens in Dublin twice a year. Sadhguru himself is based in India. Um, he's got a fantastic YouTube channel with literally hundreds and hundreds of videos. He has, uh, he's known as a mystic. He has done a great uh, TED talk, not TEDx, but TED actually. So really, really profound and insightful guru and mystic. I now do his yoga practice every day called Inner Engineering. And I just can't explain the difference it's made even in work and camera work because you're building core strength and certainty in your, in your body and in your mind, which, you know, is really, really great for doing um, on-camera work and, and public speaking and, and stuff like that. But he would be the person that, that I would uh, love to have dinner. And I strongly recommend if people are considering taking up yoga to look at inner engineering he would be the person I'd choose. Fantastic, fantastic. And Johnny, if people want to get in contact with you and find out more information, and like that, we will put uh, everything that we've talked about, all the links and um, the equipment and all the different um, uh, learning systems as well in the show notes. So if you are scrambling people to uh, get a pen and try and take it all down, well, don't worry, because it'll be all on the show notes with this particular episode. Uh, Johnny, how yeah. can people get in contact with you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, the best way is to go to my website, which is johnnyburn.com. So it's J-O-H-N-N-Y and it's B-E-I-R-N-E, johnnyburn.com. And on the front page there, you'll see where you can get a free copy of my guide, which is called Say It Once, Sell It Often. And it's the nine piece system that we went through briefly. You can get that in more detail uh, from the website. And, um, you know, you'll, there's links there to my Facebook business page as well. And you can message me through that. And I'm also on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. But if you're thinking about starting and you're unsure or you're really sure and you appreciate the opportunity that, that comes with it, then the guide will give you at least what I've turned five years of learning the hard way into a simple 30-page guide that you can have a look through. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. And of course, we put the link as well uh, to your website and to the Thank guide you. as well uh, in the show notes as well. Johnny, it's been an absolute pleasure as always uh, chatting with you and uh, we wish you continued success in the future. Uh, thank Thanks so much for taking the time out uh, to come and talk to us today here on the podcast. We Thanks should, very much, Alan. We shall talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Social Media Talks podcast and hopefully you learned some great information and also insights from our guests today. And if you'd like to listen to any of our previous podcasts, you can log on to our website at compassmedia.ie forward slash podcasts. And all of our podcasts are available on all the usual podcast providers, including Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Mixcloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And we would be delighted if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, as we are always thrilled to receive your feedback on any of the programs. You can also subscribe to the podcast there so you never miss an episode as well. And if you'd like the show notes for this episode or for any of the previous episodes, please log on to our website at compassmedia.ie forward slash show notes. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please do get in contact with us. All you have to do is email us at smtalks at compassmedia.ie. And if you'd like to find out more about the services that Compass Media provide, 
from social media marketing and training to podcast services, please visit our website for more details. You can also reach out and connect with me across all of the social networks, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and I will personally answer every one of your requests. That's about all for today. I've been Alan Hennessy from Compass Media for the Social Media Talks podcasts, and we look forward to talking to you next week. And as I always say, be social. So until next week at the same time, bye-bye. Social Media Talks podcast is a production from compassmedia.ie.